Hello, student pharmacists, and welcome to another episode of Offscript by the APHA ASP Policy Standing Committee. My name is Zachary Coleman, and I am a member of your Policy Standing Committee. For those of you new to Offscript, this podcast is intended to be an informative, interview-based series that encourages our listeners to think outside of the prescription path. This series focuses on issues that our APHA ASP members determined were important based off the results of the 2020 APHA ASP House of Delegates. Offscript gives us the opportunity to hear directly from experts and learn how we as student pharmacists can envision and advance the future of pharmacy. In this episode, we will learn about the value and impact of interprofessional precepting, a concept and resolution that was spurred on by the passage of House Bill 1726 through the Washington State Legislature, allowing student pharmacists to be precepted by other registered health professionals and vice versa in activities where there is overlapping scope of practice. Today, I am joined by Dr. Brandy Sigmartin, PharmD, an executive fellow for the Washington State Pharmacist Association. Hi, Brandy. Thanks for joining me today. Hello, Zach. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure to be here with you and um, to get to address all of our student pharmacists out there. Awesome. So before we get started, uh, Brandy, how about you just introduce yourself? Thank you. Yes. Um, so I'm Brandy Signa-Martin. I am a recent graduate from the Washington State University College of Pharmacy and Pharmaceutical Sciences, where I got my Doctor of Pharmacy degree. I am currently doing an executive fellowship with the Washington State Pharmacy Association, and I also practice pharmacy at a local independent um, Duval Family Drugs, which I enjoy tremendously, and the work that I get to do in the pharmacy really helps to inform my work at the Pharmacy Association as well. Awesome. I have definitely seen the final product. Back in September of 2020, I was administering COVID tests as, as students came back to campus, and my preceptors for that were a nurse practitioner and a doctor of medicine, and that's amazing. But uh, first, I just want to rewind a bit and kind of find out how we got here. Dr. Sigmartin, what was your original intent or objective when you first came up with this idea? Um, and what do you think it's going to do? Yeah, well, when I first started working on this issue, I was actually serving as the Vice President of Legislative Affairs in our Student Government Association, um, the Associated Students of Washington State University Health Sciences. Um, so we were trying to solve a problem of our student body, which was comprised primarily of medical, pharmacy, and nursing students. Um, who really had a great desire to go out and serve our community and get hands-on experiencing practicing their patient care skills side by side with each other. So, you know, pharmacy students really wanted to be out there working with the nursing students and with the medical students so that they could provide this care and service to our communities together. Um, but the problem was that more often than not, you know, due to strained resources, and very busy schedules, it would be difficult or even impossible to recruit preceptors from each of those disciplines um, from which the students wanted to participate. So it would be difficult to get a preceptor from nursing and pharmacy and medicine at every single one of those events. Um, so actually in working with my mentor, Professor Julie Akers, she shared this bill with me that had actually been introduced to the state legislature in 2015 
um, but had died due to opposition from other healthcare disciplines. So we picked up this policy and really looked at it as an opportunity or a path forward to um, open doors for more interactions between the healthcare disciplines um, at these types of health fairs and community service events that would really solve this problem that we kept hearing from our students um, that they were dealing with. So once we started working on, on the issue though, we really quickly realized that there would be many more applications um, within the educational realm. And also I kind of started visualizing that over time, these experiences could have the impact of growing relationships and collaboration opportunities between the disciplines as well, um, just by having those many experiences um, where we actually get to work together with both professionals and students from other disciplines. Amazing. So um, this was, you know, passed in uh, March of 2019. Um, how has this affected students? Do you, do you have any data on um, kind of how far reaching it's been or the communities that we've reached? You know, I've heard a lot of anecdotal stories and I actually recently heard a report of student pharmacists having the opportunity to participate in COVID vaccination clinics while being precepted by RNs, registered nurses, and physicians. And in fact, I, a faculty member at the University of Washington, and I should also mention a recent Bowl of Hygieia honoree, uh, Don Downing, had shared with me just last week of an instant where student pharmacists were assisting an MD faculty member in teaching immunization skills to student physicians ahead of one of these COVID vaccine clinics. And the physicians were incredibly impressed by the skills and in-depth knowledge that the student pharmacists had in this area. And these are the types of interactions that one by one, can change the hearts and minds of those practicing in the other disciplines to gain a deeper respect for the training and education of pharmacists and the value that we can bring to the healthcare team. Um, I've also actually seen student pharmacists from your very own APHA ASP chapter who were able to take several trips on the Range um, Health Mobile Clinic that I believe you were referring to in your introduction where they went along with um, RNs and physician preceptors to answer an urgent call for COVID testing in a rural area in Washington state. And it was from my understanding, um, please shed some light on this if you were participating in that. Um, but from my understanding, the quick organization to plan these events would likely not have you know, been able to come together if the student pharmacists were not able to utilize preceptors from the other disciplines. Definitely. Uh, I know that, um, you know, they really wanted to get a lot of people testing as they were coming back to campus, and they uh, didn't really have the resources to immediately get uh, a pharmacist, um, you know, uh, down to Pullman, Washington to be doing that testing. So uh, we kind of had a rotating door of, of doctors um, and nurses and, and other health professionals um, from Pullman or within administration to um, be watching and precepting us. And um, it really, I think the law passed at an amazing time because uh, we got to see how it worked in a unique public health crisis. 
Um, so it, <laughs> it, it was definitely uh, helpful. And during the entire experience, I had the nurse and the doctor, you know, asking me about my program, asking me about the classes I was in, and, you know, um, asking me where I wanted to work and what I wanted to do. And uh, I definitely think those experiences, um, you know, can benefit our profession in the long haul as, as we work to uh, get more legislation passed, as we work to um, get more collaborative. Um, so I've, I've definitely seen uh, the benefit there. Um, within the scope of the law, where do you think this can go? You know, I think there are so many applications um, for this exact bill. And I think that what you just said is one of the things that I see as being a huge benefit, which is having those interactions where we really can um, make the difference and really build those bridges between our different disciplines. And the more occasions that student pharmacists and pharmacists have to participate in multidisciplinary teams and educational experiences, the more opportunities that we have to break down barriers that exist um, between our disciplines that often get in the way of pharmacists' ability to practice at the top of our education. And you know, we're all aware of some naysayers who are opposed to the scope of practice expansion for pharmacists. And I'm a believer that one of the ways we can overcome this opposition is by consistently showing up, prepared to practice side by side with our colleagues in other disciplines, and you know, with that patient-centered approach and show them that we have the knowledge necessary to be that point person in managing the patient's medication therapy. Um, and you know, we can really also take a lot of stress off the healthcare system through our advanced participation in those teams. So I agree with you 100% that those interactions really are invaluable in and of themselves. Dr. Sigmartin. Uh, we went to our College of Pharmacy in a major city in Washington, the second largest actually, but as soon as you leave the city borders, there's dozens of rural towns uh, and cities where uh, their only access to healthcare is maybe the county hospital or one or two pharmacies nearby where they can access a health professional. How do you think this law breaks down those barriers and reaches those rural, rural communities? Well, I think this law really allows for a lot more flexibility within both our practice as well as our educational experiences. And I really hope to see students within Washington State continue to be the ones to push for more of these types of experiences. And you know, I know that each of the disciplines, for instance, at Washington State University Health Sciences have some version of an applied patient care lab where they do workups on patient cases for common illnesses and disease states. So I would really like to see a more integrated approach to these types of learning environments. And then taking those students from the classroom environment out to the Range Health Mobile Clinic and other community clinics where they can work together and you know, with their preceptors from multidisciplines and encounter real life patients in those rural settings where those patients might not have a lot of other access to care um, and really be able to practice as a team where I believe the student pharmacists can play an integral role, role in treatment selection and medication management. 
And it's each of these types of experiences that has the potential to grow collaboration between the disciplines and have impacts on our future patient care models, as well as being um, the driving force to bringing healthcare to our rural communities. So when I think of this law's application, you know, what comes to mind are community events uh, in APHA ASP patient care operations, but how does this, you know, impact other health professionals and to what extent can this law be used? Yeah, I think there are so many applications of this law. And I know that right now, you know, we're all focusing on COVID. And so that has been a huge opportunity, honestly, um, for this law, as you said, it couldn't have come at a better time. So we've seen throughout COVID that practice sites have been turning away rotation students. Um, and that's been one of the issues that we've seen for sure. But with pharmacies taking on such a large load of the COVID vaccine response, I think this potentially opens up opportunities to have you know, nursing students, for example, doing rotations with pharmacists in providing vaccines. And I really think that after the pandemic dies down and we see our healthcare system getting back to focusing on chronic disease state management, I hope that we will continue to see cross-disciplined rotations and educational opportunities continue to emerge around the state and that these really can be beneficial for all of the health professions. Where is this in other states? You know, for any student pharmacist around the nation listening to this podcast right now, what can they do to bring this to their own states? That is a great question, Zach. And I don't know of any other states that currently have interprofessional precepting allowed within the parameters, parameters of their laws. Uh, but I have definitely been reaching out and talking with people about this very issue. And student involvement in the process is integral to making change happen. So I would first of all encourage student pharmacists everywhere to get involved in their state legislative and regulatory processes and their state pharmacy associations. Um, you know, passing this bill was in and of itself a work of collaboration between the disciplines. I had mentors who supported me in reaching out to leaders in the colleges, as well as the professional associations for each of the disciplines to go through the stakeholdering process to understand the objections they had to the original proposal from 2015 and really work with them to develop language for our bill that got us where we wanted to be while also gaining their support in the legislature. I will share that my proudest moment from the entire process was when a leader within a state association that had originally opposed the bill in 2015 came and testified next to me in a hearing in the House Healthcare and Wellness Committee. And in her testimony, she thanked the students who worked on this bill for reaching out to them early in the process and working with them diligently to find a solution that worked for everyone involved. So, you know, really understanding that process that we must build support around an issue. And then as students being brave enough to reach out and start those conversations with other leaders is going to be that first big step. And I would tell student pharmacists that you have a tremendous ability to make change. 
And through the process of working a bill from its conception to crossing the finish line. And I will tell you that you don't always get across the finish line in the first go. It actually, in our state, um, it can take three to five years for a bill to pass through the entire process of the state legislature. Um, so I know that can sound like a, da a daunting process, but you just take it one step at a time. And you know, don't be afraid to reach out to leaders in your state associations of nursing, medicine, and pharmacy. And don't be afraid to ask for support of mentors and especially of those in your own state pharmacy association. I know that at the state associations, we all share the common desire to have our students engaged and knowledgeable about the legislative process. And really there's no better way to gain knowledge than through that firsthand experience. So I would just say, we're all here to support you. Um, you know, jump in and start figuring out how you can participate and potentially lead an effort like this in your own state. That's fantastic. And, and your journey has, has been uh, not only amazing to watch, but amazing to learn about as, as you graduated and continued on. Um, for, you know, third year, fourth year, fourth year students who really um, have spent time thinking about, you know, policy, working in pharmacy advocacy. Um, can you tell them a little bit about what you're doing now? And maybe for students who, you know, they feel like after graduation, maybe their, their work in policy or advocacy dropped off because they, you know, were really focused on, on, you know, working as a graduate or working as a resident. Can you talk to them a little bit about how you stayed in, uh, engaged and what your program looks yes like. i would be really happy to share my experience and and also how people who have other paths can also stay engaged so i you know i really through this process i my love for advocacy um you know advocacy for the pharmacy profession in all areas not just legislative advocacy grew um, really deep and it really prompted me to want to go into association work and help to be a leader in our profession um, from the association perspective where I could bring people together and really build consensus and support around ideas that could advance and grow our profession. And I am fortunate enough to be at a state pharmacy association um, that has created some of the most progressive pharmacy practice laws in the country. So I have amazing mentors who I get to learn from um, who have already made tremendous efforts and, and strides. But I also find it important for me personally to stay engaged with the APHA New Practitioner Network. Um, being engaged with new practitioners from all around the country who are also in this very intense time of our career um, where we're very busy, we're working in lots of different areas. Um, it's it's really gives me a lot of energy to be involved with those other new practitioners. So I would say, even though I work in, a, in an association and get to engage in that way, I still maintain my activities, um, you know, within APHA, which gives me uh, momentum to carry on. And then I also, I practice pharmacy at a local independent pharmacy, as I shared. And that practice is really, what drives me in a lot of the work that I end up doing at the association. I'm out there firsthand seeing the issues as they come up. So when I hear from other pharmacists, um, I'm encountering such and such an issue. I, you know, 
recognize that and I see it in my own practice. And then I see that through my work in the association, you know, we have academies within our association for health systems pharmacists and pharmacy professionals, um, for community pharmacists and pharmacy professionals, independent pharmacy and pharmacy professionals. Um, ambulatory care is another huge area where we have involvement. And so I see these pharmacists who don't have their primary practice in association work, but they stay involved, they stay engaged, they take on leadership positions within the association to help bring others from their practice settings together. And um, they bring, you know, meetings together where they have presenters who can bring out, you know, best practices. And um, we, you know, in Washington state do have provider status where we can bill as medical providers for the patient care services that we're providing. But the system isn't perfect yet. And we're still getting to where we ultimately want to be. And one of the ways that I see pharmacists really advancing their their practices within the profession is through coming together and, you know, spending a little bit of time uh, focused on the association were. And I think that, you know, we're all better for it, honestly. So no matter where it is that you spend the majority of your day, whether it's in a hospital or a health system, in an ambulatory care practice, in a clinic, or in a community pharmacy, I think that we can all spend a little bit of extra time at the end of the day or the end of the week, um, focusing on the bigger picture of our profession and help to drive us all forward. Dr. Sigmartin, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. It was really a pleasure and um, I'm always available. I love talking with student pharmacists. So uh, please feel free to reach out at any time um, and I would be happy to support you in your efforts.